Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Joining me today is Soul Songstress, Emma Noble, and you're in for a treat. This is an absolute belter of an episode. Um, I, I discovered uh, Emma. This is this is the wonderful thing about this podcast. When I interviewed Amanda Abington, she chose one of Emma's records. Uh, so I then went and listened to Emma's records, uh, and then thought, right, let's reach out and have a chat. And uh, and so yeah, this this is what you're about to listen to. The uh, the outcome of that. So I'm loving how these these chats are inter interwoven and and yeah that it's it's a kind of I like the path that this podcast is taking. Um, before we get on with this episode, um, just a big thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, a massive thank you to uh, Seventy Six for producing this podcast. Um, and if this is your first time listening to Off the Beaten Track, then once you've um, got to the end of this episode with um, Emma then why not have a rummage in the archives? Because there's over 170 episodes now um, with, with some of your favourite musicians, actors, producers, DJs, etc. So go and have a rummage, and, uh, and I'm sure you'll find plenty there that will tickle your fancy. Um, and also, if that's not enough and you want even more, then um, I have a Patreon page, and each week... Uh, I put up four radio shows on there, some video episodes, some unique uh, Patreon-only episodes as well. Um, And so, yeah, you can find out um, about how you can uh, support the podcast on there and and everything else to do with this podcast at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Right, back to business. Let's get on with today's episode because it's a cracker. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Emma Noble. Off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we're recording. Sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom, Emma Noble. Good morning. Good morning, Stu. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. So, so you popped up on on the radar through mutual friends, right? Yes, yeah. So one was Amanda Abington. Am I right? 
Yeah, so I Amanda Abington messaged me actually because she you invited her on recently, I think, mm. didn't you? She messaged me um, saying she wanted to pick one of my songs as one of your questions to the answers one of your questions. That's so right. she messaged asked if it was cool if she could do that. I was like, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and then that then just kind of sent me off looking at your podcast as well. And there's turns out lots of mutual friends on there that you oh, really? um, interviewed. Yeah, well, there's uh, Dean Chalkley's a good friend of mine. Oh wow, um, Eddie Pillar. As well mitch from the milk um uh there's yeah i think there's a few other people there, but they're like yeah my kind of they're they're all quite close friends so yeah, yeah particularly dean and eddie they're I, I kind of dj with them and stuff all the time oh right so do you do dean's club night then uh, yeah, uh, have, pull up. yeah have done um pull up uh, we'll pull up his his radio show he does on twr which um i also do a, sh- a show on but he yeah we've dj together a lot um just round and about and all the different kind of clubs yeah. in london and stuff yeah yeah he's, he's a good essex lad he's dean he, yeah uh, he, he cut his teeth in my club growing up and uh and it's yeah he's a lovely lovely guy isn't he yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, Dean. Um, yeah, Dean's one of those people you meet and you come to London, and he's kind of one of those really inspirational characters, isn't he? And it's kind of, it's like, and he's so humble as well, isn't he, with everything he does? It's, you're so right, Emma. It was like the, the the first time. I mean, we're going way off tangent here, but it don't matter. It's <laughs> kind of one of the things I like about podcasts. Um, yeah, exactly. But. Uh, I hadn't seen Dean for years, and 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 he come back to, to to my club in Essex to record, and and we sat there. And the podcast generally lasts about an hour. And I think the one with Dean lasted three hours. And, yeah. and I literally got in my car afterwards, just absolutely inspired. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. just the way he talks was just... And, and the things that he's done, it's just like, oh, I like being around people like this, you know. It like, kind of fires me up to go and, you know, get shit done. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's it, isn't it? Right. Let's get on with um, your playlist Track one, please, Emma. The song with the greatest ever intro. Well, this was quite an interesting question because you'd think, well, what would that be? But there's there's actually one song I've always in my life have always liked because of the intro on it. And it's um, Rolling Stones' Monkey Man. Nice. Yeah, and it's, um, I don't know what, it's just, I think it's just really, it's just quite haunting, isn't it? Mm. And um, I just think it's quite an intriguing uh, introduction and I've always, I kind of the main reason I listen to that song is for, is for the introduction. So, um, yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, I know what the answer to that is. Well, I, I've kind of been asking this, this, this question badly for about two years now. And, uh, and I'm really interested to ask you this because um, I'm always interested to have um, creatives like musicians approach intros in records and and if that's changed over the years due to the way that people listen to music now you know the 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 kind of the streaming services and stuff but I'm also interested now because not only are you a musician but a DJ as well and and that can kind of I I think that can really influence songwriting that's personally Mm. speaking just knowing what instantly gets people dancing reacting so how do you approach an intro in your music and has it changed in any way over the years yeah that's an interesting question actually I think yeah like you say like the the culture of listening to music has changed so much now that it's like 
there's this thing that everyone talks about with this skip rate, isn't there? And it's like, if you're not, if people listen to music and if they're not engaged in the first three, five, three to five seconds, you, skip, they skip it. Um, I think unless you're a different type of um, listener and you're listening, you know, um, more deeply and you're there, you're, you're invested in a song and you're, you're there to sit and listen and, and listen to the journey of it. But I think, yeah, it's really interesting, like, since I've, I mean, when I, the first stuff I've written recently, I've just written it um, without any of that in the back of my head. But since working with the label, they do talk a lot about this whole skip rate thing and, and about, you know, how the um, kind of the, yeah, like how you structure a song so that it, it takes you on the journey as quick as possible, if you know what I mean. But I don't know, I think, I think you, I think if you follow the rules too much with the way the culture people are listening to music these days, that it kind of go, might go against songwriting a little bit. 100%. Um, and I think, you know, if you're if you if you're if you're just going to write songs to tick all the boxes of, of streaming, then you're just falling into a category of what everyone is doing, yeah. you know? So I think it's important to stick by your guns in a sense that it's like, I'm going to do this because I think this part of the song is important and it's important to have that build up and it's important to have that story. Um, but without taking the mick of like, you know, doing a 10 minute intro. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, I think if you look at kind of prime pop music, if we go to, you know, we look at Motan and, you know, them short three minute perfect pop songs, and then obviously Marvin Gaye says, I've got this album. And everyone's like, oh, what's this? It's a load of shit. There's no pop songs on it, blah, blah, blah. Becomes the biggest selling album on Motown. Exactly, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's important to kind of be true to the art as well. But Yeah, it, I think so, yeah. But I, think, I think it's... Yeah, go on. No, go on. Well, I was going to say, it's like, again, people listen to, to albums differently, isn't it? Like, in the, in the days of, like, Motown and that, people wrote an album to, as a story and it's like you listened from it to start to beginning and you'd sit there but but now it's like people are even saying should people even be releasing albums now because people haven't got the attention to span to sit and listen to a, a whole album but I think again I think it's important to for people to sit down and give their attention to a, to a piece of art like that when someone's put the time and effort into doing it. How, how do you feel about that as an artist because from from the music that that, that I've heard uh, that you, that you've done, it's like that. That's you know, it, it strikes me that like you know, an album would be a, a, a body of work. It wouldn't be like right. This is Emma's music. Go and cherry pick a couple of tracks off of iTunes. It, it you know, is, is that something that that you approach it as like an album is still going to be an album as a piece of art? Yeah, I mean, I haven't I, at the moment. I mean, I, I don't know if you know, but I'm like right very much at the beginning of my kind of career mm. at the moment musically. I've done stuff in the past, um, like backing vocals and co-written with people, but this is my first solo project. So at the moment, we're just working towards an EP as such. So we haven't really had a conversation about an album yet. Um, but if I was to do an album, um, I think I think I would tackle it in a way where it would be each song it has its own character and personality I think rather than one full thing that creates one whole long story if yeah. you know what I mean um yeah so I don't know it's uh, but again it's like I've never stopped to think about if I do do an album how would I approach it I think I'd, I'd have to sit down and think about that yeah in a bit more detail yeah do you listen to albums as whole 
Yeah, I do. The ma- I'm not as much as I used to, but I'm a I'm a vinyl collector, um, and so the times when I do now listen to um, a full album is if I'm having a night in, cooking some dinner, having a glass of wine, then I'll put a vinyl on, yeah. just let it play through. Um, I think again, it's like finding the time, just like sit down and put a record on, and it's quite hard, isn't it, these days? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do try to, and then if there's like a new artist out and I like one of their songs, then I'll spend a day listening to their full album to get the whole picture. Do you, um, are you, are you a bit kind of, uh, I, I don't know if it's a DJ thing. I think it might be because, well, I'll, I'll find out when you answer it, but if you hear a new record, whether it's just a track and you like it, do you play it over and over and over and over? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's actually one of my songs I've picked is one of them for me at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, but you've got to be so careful you don't ruin it for yourself, though, don't you? It's because it's like you hear those songs that's just like this is just everything I love at the moment, and you just can't get enough of it. Yeah. It's like play it, play it, play. It. Especially when you've had a few beers, it's like get your headphones on, like that's and you just think this is just so good. Yeah. And uh, but then you get to a point and then you get, you, you do it so much that you can ruin it for yourself. So I'm very conscious of that not to try to do that as much anymore and i think that's that's that can definitely be a byproduct of being a dj as well there's yeah. so many songs that i've played to death over the last 20 or so years in clubs that like that i adored these records that when they come on now they've just lost their shine to yeah. me it's like yeah, because I'm just, exactly they're just like oh they're dance floor records now they're, they're kind of yeah. not it loses that kind of personal thing do you know what i mean yeah it does it's really interesting but it's funny because uh, we um i do it me and my dj partner sophie we host a show on totally wide radio and we usually we're really we usually prep it all before before and um the last uh week Sophie was away so she was like so she was like can you like to do it by yourself and i was like yeah but i didn't have any time to prep so i was like well i'm just going to take my box of records and just pull out um some of the and then it reminded me that although exactly what you were saying it's like you have those songs and you play them so much when you first get them that then you become a little bit sick of them and then you'd end up not playing them for months sometimes even years because you've done that and then you cut to a point it's like I haven't played that for a while I'll pull it out and play it and you're like oh god yeah, yeah it is good and I remember why I played that constantly and why I bought it and I think you just need to give yourself like a, sometimes like a year or break yeah, from it 100%. and then go back 100%. and it's like oh yeah okay it's good again and the, you know the best way is if you've just purposely not played it for ages and then it comes on the radio yeah if it comes on the radio you just think oh my god and, and I don't know what it is but do, I think that like records sound better if they come on the radio like you can put your records on spotify or whatever or or, you know or put your vinyl on but if something a little bit unusual comes on the radio that you like i feel like it's a bit of a moment i know it sounds really lame but it it, it feels like that I know exactly what you mean. I think it's because you probably know there's like another f- hundreds of thousands of people that do it, like, live, like listening with you yeah. almost, isn't it? But I find another <laughs> where, I, where I get that from as well is if you have a song in, in your record box. And again, it's like sometimes you're on, you can be on the fence a little bit about a song. It's like, I do really like it, but would it go down well if I played it out? And then you hear another DJ that you respect play and you're like, yes, I knew it was good. (laughs) You know, and then, and then you're like, and then you go for being on the fence, like, right. Yeah. I'm on board with that. I'm going to be playing it. And the same happens as if when you've got one of them songs that you haven't played for ages and you hear a DJ play and you're like, yeah, I'm going to get that back out again. Yeah. Yeah. Emma, track two. The first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you? 
Um, yeah, okay, so this one was is probably, I think, Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. And uh, I picked this because it's quite poignant for me because, um, I mean, I always love this song and me and my like schoolmates listen to quite a lot of Tracy Chapman anyway. But um, when I was 14, basically, my parents separated and I... Um, stayed with my dad in, in our in our family home and he was struggling quite bad with it all. Where, where so, was that, Emma? So my fam- I grew up in um, Southampton and I grew up on a farm in a little village called Hythe. Okay. Um, just near the New Forest, kind of. So, yeah, so I, I stayed with um, with my dad and, he, yeah, like I said, he was struggling quite badly with it. And so I was like, as a young kid, like, I need to look after my dad here. So I kind of, um, I, in a way, I kind of changed my life quite drastically to to be around him. Or, like, my house then became the social space where all my mates would come round and, you know, we'd always been, you know, having little parties there, we'd be having sleepovers and things like that. And it was, it was the party house, but it's kind of conscious as a flight. I look back now and it's like, it's kind of strange as a 14 year old, I thought to do that. But, um, but there's a lyric in this, in the song anyway, that it, it says, um, his, it, he says his body is too old for working. His body is too young to look like his. My mum went off and left him. She wanted more than life could give uh no so more than he could give um and I said somebody's got to take care of him so I quit school and that's what I did obviously didn't quit school but that's kind of and then my best mate Amber said that whenever she listened to that song it reminded her of like that situation and so from that point onwards I always listen to that song in a very different way because I guess it's a song is about a struggle in it but then she's like yeah it's a struggle but there's that you know there's a positive there's gonna get it's gonna get better and you know have have think of things to look forward to and all that and so yeah and so when Amber said that we then the song kind of took a new dynamic for us for us I think so that emotion would have been what Emma um I don't really know what it was when I felt it when I listened to it really it was kind of I guess when I when I listen to it now it reminds me of that time which is although upsetting it's kind of in a in a strange way it was also a lovely part of life because that the way I kind of changed the way my social life if in order to kind of be around dad a lot more it was also a wicked time because like me and my mates had so many good times at the house and things like that so it's kind of yeah there's there's like one side of it it's like kind of a little bit upsetting but then the other side of it it's like but then during that time it, although that's negative thing happened, there were a lot of, a lot of positives that came yeah. from it. So, yeah, kind of, it's kind of a uh, mix of emotions, really, when I listen to that. It's a beautiful record, though, isn't it? Isn't it lovely? Yeah, so yeah. Good. That that whole album, like when 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 that come out, you know, Fast Car just exploded everywhere, and and yeah. talking about a revolution is just. Incredible. Yeah. Baby Can I Hold You Tonight. There's so, oh, there's so many good oh. songs on that album. Yeah. Like, that's one of the one of those albums where you can put on and just... Yeah, I, I, that's one I just would never get bored of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree more, mate. Yeah. Track three. Something reminds you of your time at school. Um, so this would be... Oh, my, again, my, mine and my kind of mate's anthem was Elton John, Tiny Dancer. Oh, and, um Yeah, great song. And it's... I don't know how or why it became our anthem, um, but whenever we were out, we would kind of add a few beers, we'd put that on and we'd put it on full blast and everyone would be singing along to it. If we were on a, going on a road trip, 
put a tiny dancer on, we'd all be singing along in the car. And yeah, I just, I, I also just think it's one of the best songs ever written, actually. Um, so I'm quite glad that when we were teenagers that we ended up picking quite a decent song that ended up being our anthem. Um, it's, it's such a tune, isn't it? Isn't it? It's amazing. It's just, I think everything about it, the, the lyrics are just amazing. It's an amazing story. And also, and later in life, I've done it. Have you ever seen the film Almost Famous? About 300 times. One of my, that's one of my most favourite <laughs> films ever as well. And that scene when they're on the bus oh, and they all amazing. start singing Tardy Dance. I was like, oh, God. So it's like, it, that was our anthem anyway. And then that probably one of my favourite films of all time as that scene. It's just yeah. like, it just, it, every time there's like another layer to it, isn't there? I've, I've got to be honest with you. Like, I hadn't really heard Tiny Dancer until I saw that film. And really? like, yeah, like, you know, I'm 47, so I grew up exposed to loads of Elton John records. And, you know, some I, I, I really love, some, I, you know, I'm not really that fussed about. But I think Tiny Dancer and that album, is it Madman Across the Water, I, I think that's his peak. I really do think that's his peak as a, you know, that... Uh, you know, collectively as, as songwriters together, like I think they just nailed it there. That, I mean, Tiny Dancer, it's like you think you got the chorus, then it turns out it's just the pre-chorus, and then the yeah. chorus comes, and you just think, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's yeah. brilliant. But they chop yeah. the pre-chorus out in Almost Famous, don't they? In the, um, the, the little bit that, that leads up to the chorus, they haven't got it. So when I watched the film and then went and bought it, like the record, I was like. Wow, what's this bit? This ain't in the yeah. film. Like, yeah. there's another yeah. bit to it. But yeah. oh, yeah, what a film as well. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, amazing film, amazing song. Oh God, I think I'm like, going to make me want to go and watch that again now. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> How was school? School was good, actually. I, I like school, actually. Um, again, like I say, like I, had a, I was lucky. I had a really good, solid group of mates at school. Um, I was good at school, I think. I, 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 I hanged around with the naughty kids, but I was always quite good, I think. But I think it's because I'm like... Um, I guess I'm not like academically really, really clever. So I always felt like I had to, I had to work quite hard to like keep up with everyone a little bit. So that's why I just like kept kept my head down. I was like, get my work done, but still, still had a good laugh. Um, but yeah, I like I did. I like school actually. College, not so much. I didn't really make any friends at college for some reason. <laughs> was you a creative yeah. kid though? Yeah, I've always yeah that was always my strongest thing. Like at, at school, I enjoyed art the most and stuff like that. And then um, 
yeah, it's weird. At that point, I didn't really realise how much I was into music. I was more into, like, the arty side of stuff. So art was, like, my passion subject at school, I guess. And what I thought, yeah, I'm going I'm to end up doing something in this, this world, I think. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay. Was you a confident kid though? Um Yeah, I think yeah, I was, I think. Like confident but also shy a little bit at the same time um I guess I was always a bit of a a bit of a joker at school I think um but all like me and my group of friends were quite silly generally Mm. um and I think we brought that out of each other which was good um so yeah I think I was I was confident in some elements but then not so confident in other in other things what did you want to be I never really knew. I think, I, like I said, I knew I wanted to do something in the, probably in the creative industry because that's what I knew I was good at. Um, but I never kind of, I didn't really know what I wanted to do until I was kind of came back from travelling, really, which was when I was 21. So I spent all that time, like, not really know. I knew I wanted to do something in the creative industry but not really knowing what it was. And then I went to, I remember I went to do a, um, degree in in photography at Southampton Solent University, uh, and I did like this pre bit of it called an art foundation course, and I was like, I don't think I like this. I think I'm making a wrong decision. So I was just as I was about to t- start doing the degree, I was like, I'm not doing it. So I stopped, pulled away, and was like, I don't know what I want to do yet. So I saved up, went, and then went travelling for half a year. And I'm glad I did, because then when I came back, it gave me a much kind of clear idea of what I wanted to do. What was that when you got back? So I came, well, I think I left my little, like, my, my little town, Hive, is, is, it's lovely, but there's not all that much to do there. Um, and so I went travelling, and then I realised, like, there's so many amazing things 
in the world to see and experience interesting and inspirational people to meet and I kind of came back from traveling I was like you need to kind of think of you need to do something with your life here otherwise you're just going to probably not do you're just going to be here for the rest of your life not doing much exciting anything exciting so then I kind of started looking online at like like different universities and degrees as courses and things like that and I applied to do some at this point I hadn't done any graphic design but I applied for some graphic design courses um one of them being Chelsea College of Art and Design um went to the interview and then came out this thinking I'm never no way hoping how am I getting in there and then I got the notification saying we've accepted you and I went down to my dad and I was like dad they've said they've accepted me at Chelsea but I think it must be a mistake and he was like are you sure I was like yeah no because they definitely and also because when I did the interview the one of the lecturers that was interviewing me actually said I'm just not sure if you're right for this course so I left being like well I've not got in then have I and um and uh yeah and then and then I got in and I remember one day I was I was having a beer with the guy that 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 said that and I was like when I came for my interview you said you're not sure if you were right for this course and and he went yeah I don't know I just there was something about you and I just thought I'd give it a go so he just like just had this gut and he let me in so I always thank Kieran for that oh brilliant yeah and what was the first record you bought um so this one would be Wild Wild West by Will Smith. And uh, I remember going, I heard it on the radio and I was like, wow, what's that? And of course it was a soundtrack to the film, wasn't it? Mm. And I went down to our little village newsagent shop and they had a very small selection of like tapes and CDs. And luckily they had Wild Wild West on tape there. So I went down and got that and then came and just played it on, on repeat. But I think... I didn't realise at the time, but obviously it samples Stevie Wonder's yeah. I Wish, doesn't it? And I think that's probably why I liked it, because Stevie Wonder's, like, my favourite artist of all time. So um, so even then, as a young kid, I was, like, subconsciously, you know, already, like, my ears seemed to be tuned to kind of soul music, I think. So, just going back a little bit, aside from the record that, that, that you bought there, growing up, was there records on at home? <laughs> Yeah, so like my my mum and dad, um, they had always had a record player, and they they would always have like all the greats there. You know, we'd always have your Rolling Stones, your Beatles, Stevie Wonder, all your Motown, you know, um, kind of anthologies. Um, you know, the Who, all things like, like all your staple albums that are important. Yeah. Luckily enough, like mum and dad had them, and so they would be playing them and. I guess subconsciously it was just going in sure. and um and then uh and then also my brothers a couple of my brothers when they were younger started collecting records and they so you'd always hear stuff coming out of their their um bedroom and so I guess I I kind of learned learned from from what I could hear my brothers playing but also yeah those staple records that the mum and dad always had okay well this is uh this is going to be an interesting one to ask a DJ for track five Emma the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. So this, I've really struggled with this actually, um, because in my, in my, in my hometown, um, I didn't really go clubbing as such. Cause it's like, we would, we'd go and see kind of live music more so. Yeah. Um, and so 
I mean, obviously, they have your nights out with like all your mates. We'd go over town and like get hammered, and then you'd end up at Walkabout and stuff like that. But you were, I wasn't, I wasn't going for the music then, or just going yeah. to get hammered and meet boys. You know yeah. what I mean? I guess so for me, I clubbing and 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 finding a, a proper like clubbing culture didn't really happen until I moved to London. And then I moved there, and I like found this city that's like got everything and anything you could want. Um, and then I started finding these nights that were actually playing music that I wanted to hear that I'd go to because I wanted to hear the music and dance. Um, what were they? Uh, so I guess I think one, our main kind of haunts when I first moved to London was Hoot and Annie's in Brixton. Yeah. And then um, Graz's Rock and Blues at St. Moritz, which is one of like London's kind of longest running nights now, I think. Um, so we would, we'd haunt that. Gaz's was a quite a one that we'd go to a lot because it's so, I don't know if you've ever been there. You probably haven't, you? Have you know? Oh, I haven't, you should, no. Oh, it's great. It's, go, it's, it's this tiny little club um, in Soho and you go down, you kind of even wouldn't know it's there. It's like a little door. Go down some stairs and it's a tiny, tiny little club but they always have amazing DJs in there and then wicked live um, music sometimes as well. So, yeah, that became our kind of main haunt when we were students, really. Um, and But then also, like, that's also when I moved to London. I guess that's when I started getting, like, really, really into the soul scene. So I started finding, like, the, you know, the classic soul nights that were going on in London and whether it's, like, 100 Club or, or the Mousetrap nights or the new, untouch, new Untouchable nights, things like that. Um, it was just exciting. I remember when we moved to London. I was like, it was like overwhelming. Thinking, if you like, if you wanted to go out and see some Latin for the night, you could find it. Or if yeah. you wanted to go and see, you know, it's just, it's just such an amazing city for 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 the music scene, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I the, the clubbing, the club like me proper going out to hear music in a club culture. Would was make was started in London, and I think um, I guess yeah, that's my main haunt. Yeah, would be would be Gaz's, and I think the song that would I pick to soundtrack that would be Kitty Daisy and Lewis um, going up the country because they when we went there one day they were down there playing. If you've seen Kitty Daisy, yeah, Lewis, yeah, they're great, aren't they? Amazing, and I just found them so. Like, because um, they when they play, if people don't know them, they're a family. So it's like two sisters and a brother, um, and their mum and dad play with them sometimes as well, don't they? And so they they was just like this tiny little club, and they were there up on stage playing. And every time they finished a song, they'd get up and move around and swap instruments. Yeah. I was like, these guys are just insane. Um, and of course, it's so cool and refreshing seeing young people doing old school. Mm. like 50s rock and roll music yeah. you know what I mean I remember just thinking you guys are so cool um and then yeah from that point started listening to Kitty Daisy Lewis and I think that's that's one of my good memories of of um Gaz's Rock and Blues was when I saw them so that I think that's the song I picked to soundtrack perfect that. what a yeah. great choice yeah track six favorite song from an artist from your home county so this also was hard. There's not that many people that have come out from Hampshire, really, or Southampton. I, get, I think the biggest acts to come out of Southampton were Craig David, yeah. um, Band of Skulls, and 
birdie probably okay. and then I tried to tried to do some research and it was, yeah I couldn't really find much and so and then I was going to pick the Wurzels because I grew up on a farm and I thought it'd be funny <laughs> to put the Wurzels in but they're actually from Somerset so I couldn't pick them um and then I was going to pick a trad jazz band because we my dad loved trad jazz and we grew up a lot with that as another part of the soundtrack but none of it's kind of all the bands that that were kind of about kind of aren't really there anymore so then I was like well who am I going to pick so I went then went to listen to Birdie again because it's like when she got signed she was a really young girl mm. and I, I haven't really listened I think she had that one big hit that came out didn't she mm. so I went and listened to her music and actually she's got quite a lot of stuff now and it was quite nice and um she's moved on quite a lot from from probably whatever remembers her of back then and She's kind of gone a little bit in the Lana Del Rey kind of world mm. now, I think. So I decided to pick her because I think it was also so cool to see such a young girl from a small town come out and do well. So, yeah, yeah I'll pick Birdie and she's got this song called Keeping Your Head Up, which I thought was really cool. So I've picked that. Excellent. Excellent. Um, your final track, this is when you get to be DJ. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Okay, so again, um, considering considering I'm a soul DJ, I've got no not one single soul song that I, I've, I've put in. Noticed this. Put in there, there yeah. Which one's so, your earworm, by the way? Which is the one? This that you, one. This, this one. one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because because it, it's like my journey with soul, I guess, has come a little bit later. So all the previous questions are like from almost growing up, weren't yeah. they? So. Um, but yeah, so I thought, well, th- I'm going to use this as my opportunity to put a soul song in then. And um, I was going to pick Brenda Jones' Big Mistake, which is one of my absolute favourite soul songs um, ever written. But it's not on Spotify, so I thought oh, I'd better pick something else because um, you make, I think you make a little playlist, do, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So then I then decided I'll pick my latest uh, earworm, which is Cornelia. I think some a lot of people will know it, but there's a lot of people that won't know it. And it's Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rose, Too Late to Turn Back Now. Oh, Emma. <laughs> Mate. I watched Black Klansman yes, a couple yeah, of weeks that's, ago that's and it was the from. almost famous effect again. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. I was like, fuck, what yeah. is this record? How have I yeah. never heard this? And yeah. shazammed it on my phone exactly and I've not same. stopped listening to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly what happened to me, Stu. It was just like, oh, hold on a minute. What the hell is this? Yeah. I hadn't even, I hadn't even heard of them full stop. No, not me. Sister, had you? No. Nah. So I was say, but also the scene that went with it. It's oh, amazing! Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and I, yeah, and I, was, and I was like, oh my good god, um, and I just cannot stop listening to it. Like I've got to be careful. I'm not going to do that thing and ruin it. Do you know how pathetic I am? Right? I, have, I had an August playlist on Spotify, uh, and that was on it. And then I had to carry it over to me September one because I weren't bored of it yet. I was like, I've oh, got God, to keep yeah. listening to it. The day Be after, careful, I know the, the day after I saw <laughs> that film, I done my radio show and I opened my show with it. I was like, Oh my God, I've just heard this. Have you? You've got to listen to this. And like, Oh, it's so good. Oh God, it's just. <laughs> but I've also gone. I don't know if you have yet, but I've gone and listened to a lot of their other mm. stuff on that same album. They've yeah. got a lot of really other good stuff yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! I, what a show! I ordered the I ordered the vinyl, but I couldn't get it because they've only seemed to have it in America. So I had to order it from America. Oh right! But then my DJ mate Sophie picked one up in a little record store in London the other day. I was like, "Darn it! I've paid like probably about twenty quid for postage." Yeah. 
but yeah. Well, we we touched on um, you know your first record, and, and we didn't really talk about record shops. Um, you know, you said you got your your, your Wild Wild West, um, but obviously then getting into the soul scene, record shops I imagine have become quite an important place for you. Yeah, they, it's weird actually because although I obviously collect records. It's, I often don't find the opportunity or the time to go record to the record stores. So actually, I probably get a lot of my records um, online, really, mm. like places like Juno and things like that. I mean, if I, of course, if I'm on a, if I'm out somewhere and I go past a record store, I'll always go in and have a look. Mm. Um, but and also, like if you go to like Soul Nights, so sometimes if you go to the real like classic Northern yeah. Nights, they sometimes have. Uh, stands there and yeah. I've often go to like the, the people that have the stands there and be like so this is the kind of thing I like can you recommend anything and I've yeah. got got quite got a lot of good records from um from doing that because it's obviously they've got like years of knowledge haven't they yeah. so they um yeah so like picked up a few good like that and then usually I just hear a song and then just immediately be like I have to buy that and then yeah. go and order it from wherever I can find it well I'm gonna put all of these um tracks on the spotify playlist and uh, and i will encourage everybody to go and listen to them um if you get past wild wild west bear with it because you're gonna get you're gonna get to the last <laughs> yeah. track which is yeah. well worth it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um and as we find ourselves coming out of lockdown hopefully not going back in you know it's very strange times at the moment um when when we find ourselves getting back to some kind of normality um what have you got happening career-wise and what are you looking forward to just being a human being um looking forward to just being able to go to the pub and get drunk and just like run around and do like you normally would do in the pub um get up and get to getting up on tables and things they're not really um but I think career well career-wise I've recently just released my um debut solo single and then we recently released uh, another single, which is a cover of a Marvin Gaye song. Um, and then I've got a new single coming out in a couple of months. Um, and then I think at the moment, I mean, we don't have any plans to... I mean, I don't have a band in place as such at the moment because when we recorded the e- the EP, we used all session musicians. But in the long term, I'd like to get a little band in place and start gigging. Um, but it's hard to make those plans at the moment, like you say, with everything that's happening. It's Definitely. kind of if, if you know, how can you, you know, you just can't do gigs at the moment because you can't. Not many people want to go out and watch an act with half a room because you're just lacking the atmosphere that, yeah. that you want and you look for when you go out, aren't you? Um, so yeah, I mean, that would be. I'm looking forward to if if and when that can come around. Um, and then yeah, just going to continue going to. Trying to, trying to do some more writing and then hopefully gigs will start taking back off um and yeah I think just going back to having being able to listen to music in a in a kind of you know social environment oh, that's, that's, with other people that's the one mate it really yeah. is you know being able to hug people yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean being at yeah. a gig and like and seeing someone you know and it's like Oh, you ain't got to have that awkward moment where it's like, oh, they're going to want to shake my hand. I'm like, they're going to do that thing yeah. with their elbow. I just want to give them a cuddle. Do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. I hope it comes yeah. soon. I really do. Um, 
Emma, thanks so much for your time, mate. It's been well, an absolute you. delight chatting records with you. Um, yeah, you too. Where's the best place for people to keep up to speed in, in what's happening uh, with your records? Um, they can follow um, me, my, my kind of, my music page is Emma Noble Music on like all the socials. And then the DJ side of stuff is Noble and Heath on all the socials. Wonderful. So, if it's cool with you, I'll tag you in uh, all of that when yes, we put this episode do, out. Yeah. And then people yeah. can go and uh, explore. Lovely. Yeah, great. Um, thanks loads, mate. Really appreciate yeah. your time. You too. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Okay, see ya. There you go. Oh, amazing. I mean, the fact that we got to talk Black Klansman and Almost Famous and the impact that them songs had on both of us was brilliant. Um, yep, go and check out the, uh, the the playlist on Spotify because there's, uh, there's some crackers on there. Um, thank you so much to, to Emma for uh, giving up her time and chatting to me. Um, thanks loads to Amanda Amerton as well for, uh, for turning me on to Emma's music. Uh, and thanks to you lot for listening and supporting and getting behind off the beaten track. It's, uh, it's a labour of love, this, and it gives me such joy chatting to, you know, really interesting people about the power of music and, and you know, how it's kind of soundtracked and, and help guide, you know, their, their creative journeys to, to where, they've, uh, where they're currently at. It's, it's, an, it's an absolute joy to do this. And the fact that, you know, people listen and, and like, love, share, retweet and, and, you know, get behind it really makes it all, all worthwhile. Um, you can find out about all things Off The Beaten Track at www.offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Stay safe. Lots of love. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing, www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off so if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. 
It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.